So we're touching on temptation. This is uh, part four, the fourth and uh, final part. I know for some of you, you might be going, enough already, I've figured it out. I'm tempted and I'm stressed and whatever, not trying to stress, not trying to t- stress you. But again, I think it's so good that uh, uh, I think as believers, we should talk about uh, this stuff. I, I promise I won't talk about it for another couple of years. And, and it's just like, because I know anyway in this service, no one has a problem with temptation, right? So it's really the other services that we are extremely worried uh, uh, about, but not you uh, guys. But Proverbs 19 verse 3, we said it last week, just a little recap. A person's own folly leads to their ruin. Yet their heart rages against the Lord. Meaning people, <laughs> and I, I see, I've been a pastor a long time, so, so I've seen that people get mad at God for the stuff that they do. And uh, like for the dumb stuff that they, uh, they do. It's, it, 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 it's true. A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. And the Amplified, the foolishness of a man undermines his uh, way. And it's talking about mankind here, just to be clear. So the foolishness of a man undermines his way running whatever he uh, ruining sorry not running ruining whatever he undertakes then his heart is resentful and rages against the lord for being a fool he blames the lord instead of himself and so it's always good to know who to blame okay so it's, it's like it's on us it's on it's on you and me no man knows how hard it is Uh, No no man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good, C.S. Lewis said. Uh, We finished uh, uh, really talking a bit last week from James chapter 1, verse 13, and that's where I'm going to pick up. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. When he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And of course, I, we've been talking about lures, I think in part two, where I brought out those fishing, uh, fishing lures, the, the, the lures that make hooks uh, look so attractive to the fish. Peter Riggle was telling me after one of those uh, after that uh, session where I used the lures, he's obviously a bit of a fisherman, Mr. Uh, Riggle, back in the day. And he said, I had a lure, and, and, and that lure's name was the deceiver. Oh, oh yeah. And, and, and that's what lures does. And that's what our enemy does. He seeks to deceive, to rob, kill, destroy. That, that, that's what he does. He's a deceiver. We, we, we've, we, we've got to understand the, the lure. What does the lure do? The lure... Uh, makes the hooks attractive to the fish. That's what the enemy does. He tries to deceive. And uh, I want us to understand that there are three basic lures that the devil baits the hook of temptation with. I I just want to say that there's no new temptations. You know, whatever's here, it's, it's common to man. We know it. But there are three basic lures that the devil baits the hook of temptation with, and that's these. Here they are. Number one, the lust of the flesh. Number two, the lust of the eyes. And number three, the pride of life. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17, John says this. He says, do not 
love the world. I, I, I mean, it's pretty clear here. We could, we could stop and do a message on that. Do not love the world or anything in the world. He says, if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. The Amplified uh, puts the passage like this. It sort of expands it to give it some, uh, I, I guess, understanding around it. So uh, that same passage says, Do not love the world of sin that opposes God and his precepts, nor the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust and sensual craving of the flesh, and the lust and longing of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, pretentious confidence in one's resources or in the stability of earthly things, these do not come from the Father but are from the world. The world is passing away, and with it, its lusts, the shameful pursuits and ungodly longings. But the one who does the will of God and carries out his purposes lives forever. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We can, we can see these things even in the temptation of Christ. We can see these three things reflected in the devil's attack as he sought to tempt Christ. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 8 where he's taken out into the wilderness it says again the devil took Jesus up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him all these things, all this power, all this authority, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Right there in that moment, uh, right there the, the devil is appealing here to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Our, and, and please understand this about our our enemy, I know some people say, well, I don't believe in the devil, and that's just the way he likes it. But our enemy, the devil, always appeals to our basic appetites. The lure or the bait always appeals to the hunger of the fish. You know, even in this temptation passage of uh, where Christ was, was te tested and tempted by the enemy. Uh, we can see this. It says, Then Jesus was led up, led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, I mean 40 minutes is enough for me, but 40 days and 40 nights. Is there any 40-day fasters in here who've, who've fasted for 40 days? Any people like that? Uh, yeah, I know, it's tough, right? <laughs> Any five-day fasters? Thank you, thank you for that. We can, 
I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I, I'm, I'm trying to do that intermittent fasting. Uh, well, I am trying, dear. I am. I am trying to. Doesn't, I didn't say it always works. I just said I'm trying to. So I've got a little app on my phone that says you, 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 you're, yeah, it's like you can eat your chocolate cake now. So, um, but it always appeals to the appetite of the first. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards it says he was hungry. And now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, come on these stones to become bread. The enemy will always appeal to the appetite. But of course, Jesus answered and said, it is written. Can I just pause there for a moment? Because we could do a whole message on this again. This is why it's so important to know the word of God. This is why it's so important. And Jesus didn't respond like, no, you naughty devil. No, he, he's like, it is written. The word of God says. And friends, this is where, again, I just say you cannot survive on the pastor's revelation. You cannot survive on a sermon a week. You know, a sermon a week. It doesn't rhyme with an apple a day keeps the doctor away. But, you know, even a sermon a day won't get, I mean, you've just got to understand. You've got to understand, you've got to get that for yourself. You have to get an understanding of the word of God. You need to not just have it here, you need to have it here in your heart. Jesus was quickly able to, to say to the enemy right here, it is written, a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And of course, this is from the Old Testament. For those who say we don't need the Old Testament, we're just New, New Testament people. There was no New Testament. Jesus is quoting from the Old Testament. And so he's speaking, he's speaking that. And here's, here's what you've got to understand also. That, that, that when Jesus says, it, it is written, every other temptation that comes after that by the enemy, the devil uses the Bible as well. The devil says it is written. The great Calvin said this. He said, Satan is an acute theologian. He knows the word. And so it's important for us to know the word. Jesus used the word, then Satan used the word. You need to know the word. Now tap your neighbor and say, I don't think the pastor's talking to me, but I'm pretty sure he's talking to you. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure. But we need to know the word. He was appealing, the enemy was appealing to, to Jesus' hunger, to his appetite. The message sort of says it like this, for 40 wilderness days and nights he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and when the time was up, he was hungry. The devil playing on his hunger gave the first test. What's the devil playing on you? Puritan preacher Thomas Watson said, Satan never sets a dish before man that he does not love. Never sets a dish before man that he does not like. I went to a function last night. It was the... Um, 
75th anniversary of the Paraparumu Fire Fire Brigade. So I was invited to say a, a, a karakia and and uh, as part of, part of my service there over 13. Uh, 13 I won an award. Hello, hello. I won an award. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Best firefighter ever. No, it's just like. <laughs> So, no, it wasn't quite, that's, that's exaggerated, and I was lured in by, by temptation on that. Um, but but they, they had this massive, it was at Southwoods, and so there's about 300 people there or whatever. They had this, this massive spread there. And, and Anita always says to me the same thing. When I get back there, she's like, where's your salad? So, where's your salad? I was like, I, I went past the salad. I'm not tempted by salad. Anybody else not tempted by salad? Come on, say, I see those hands. I see those hands. She likes, she likes salad, so she eats salad. I'm just like, it's leaves. That's, I, uh, rabbits can eat that. I mean, I'm, I'm heading down the... They're just fillers, right? I'm heading to that, that smoked barbecued... Uh, sorry if you're vegetarian, but the meat. That's where I'm heading. I'm, I'm, I'm just going, my plate's stacked, stacked high. But for those who like the salad, that, that, and this is what we've got to understand when it comes to the enemy, he will always tempt us with, well, not with salad. <laughs> Do you like salad? I mean, it's just like, <laughs> man, if he tempted us with salad, we'd have no problems. It's like, hallelujah. I'm a mighty man of God. But, but, it's, but, but oh, should I say that? No, I shouldn't say that. No, I, no, I can't. No, I? Okay, so don't take this wrong if you're watching online or whatever. Because, because, oh, no, I shouldn't say it. No, I won't say it. I'm not going to say it. No, no, I shouldn't say it. I'm tender. Because I, I used to say, oh, no, it's too wrong. It's too wrong. Don't do it. No, I can't because I might end up on the news. So it's just like. I haven't got the energy for that this week. <laughs> Ask me privately, I'll tell you what it, what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, he always goes for our appetites, what we love, what we like, what, we, what, 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 what attracts us. If, if, if you like that, that's what he's going to put in front of you. And it's always going to look good. It's always going to, because you're never going to go after anything that looks bad, right? And this is what people say. How could, how could anything that feels so good be so bad? How could anything that feels so good be so wrong? Because the Bible says it's wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. About three of you said amen on uh, that one. Well, we're just praying about whether we should just, you don't need to pray. You really don't. It already say. Why pray when it already say, amen? amen. <laughs> I'm doing that accent right there. But, oh, I'm going to get myself in a lot of trouble. He always will bait the hook. Of what he, he will give you what you like. So I, I, I'm just saying today in this last session of this, 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 this series, beware of the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And, and we've got to understand there's nothing new about this. Think about it. Go back right to the beginning, right to the, to, to the book of Genesis, the, uh, the beginning. Genesis says, chapter 3, verses 1 
through 7, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty. He's a crafty one. He was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say? Can I just say in the generation we're living now, that's the, that's the battle that's going on? Did God actually say that? No, I think this is all good. You can do whatever you want. No, no. Did God actually say? Did God actually say you shall not eat? He didn't say you shouldn't eat from that tree. Did God actually say you shall not eat from uh, of any tree in the garden? And, and, the, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Isn't it amazing how even we know God can speak to us, but we'll do stuff anyway. This is the foolishness of man. Then we blame God. Lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. I want to tell you, our enemy's a liar. The devil is a liar. You shall not surely die. For listen to this. Here, here, here we go. For God knows that when you eat, of it, here's what will happen. Your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. And we live in a world where people are like, listen, that's your truth. This is my truth. No, there's just the truth. And we can debate it all, all, all day. But, 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 but just people are, there is a crisis of authority in our world today. Because pe people are making themselves the center of authority. Can I, can I just say, we are not the center of this. Th this story, this salvation story, you and I are not the center. We are not, you're, you're so special and you're the most important. Yep, yep, yep you're, you're uniquely made in the image of God. But can I just tell you, the center of the story is him. Can I hear, get, come on, give him some praise, give him some glory. That, that we are not the center. We are not the most important things. We are not the hub. He is, God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But it says, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You will be like God, knowing good from evil. So here's what it says. So when the woman saw the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Isn't that what people are chasing? I mean, wisdom is important, but I'm about people are just, oh, it, it will make me smile. I can be like God. It says, when she saw those things, she took the fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. 
right in the beginning, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There is no new temptation. There is no new sin. To all the appetites, they all fall into these three categories. From Genesis to today, I want to tell you, the tools of the devil's tra trade have not changed. This is why Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of his schemes and devices. Uh, Thomas uh, Cosmades, who was a theologian, he was actually someone who translated the New Testament into Turkish. He said this, Satan does not work haphazardly, but attacks systematically. And friends, can I, when I'm looking at what's going on in our schools, what's going on in our government, what's going on, and all this gender ideology and all this madness that's going on, when I, when I look at that, I, I understand. I, I understand. This is not some like devil's giving it a shot. No, there is a strategic plan to this. We cannot muck around or be complacent on these things. Just hold on. I'll tell you when to make nice music. Um, AJ? AJ, why do, why do you follow Christ? Give me a microphone. I just want to hear his, just a quickly his. This is AJ. He's been in the church for a thousand years. <laughs> when he arrived, he had dreadlocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now it's great here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why do you follow Christ? Um... I mean, I, initially when I was young, I, I, I encountered Jesus and, and saved. Um, but it's almost a different question why I follow him now. Like I think um, through some of the things I've been through and when things got really, really hard, I found that right at the bottom there was still faith. There was still Christ with me. Mm. And I'm like, I just can't deny him. <laughs> mm -mm. He's just there. He's real. Uh, God's very present. And so... Um, and he's been with me through it all. So, yeah, I won't deny him. Yeah. What, what would you say to someone here who's maybe visiting and they're going, you know, should I give my life to Christ? What would you, you, you say to that person? Um, well, I mean, you just do it. But I think, I think like, if you, if you were to surrender your life to Jesus, like, he will take better care than you'll take of yourself. And I think... Um, you know, it's not like about trying to make a magically better existence or, you know, he's not some fairy or genie. But what it is is you're going to have the God of the universe who made your soul, like, riding with you until you get to heaven and you get to spend eternity with this immensely benevolent, good God. I mean, why wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm. Honestly, Jesus is amazing. Like, just... And he does love you, and he, but he's not going to force your will. That's your choice. And so that's something you need to choose. And if you haven't made that commitment, absolutely you should, because it's the best choice. You know? <laughs> like that's just objectively better to be with a good, loving God than to go your own way and pursue your own appetites and your own desires. Yeah. When hard stuff happens, how do you measure that with if God is good? Why does bad? You know, when you go through tough times, how have you sort of... As you've walked through some tough stuff, how, how have you sort of 
um, Jesus didn't know we were going to be doing this. That's, what needed um, advice? No, it's all good. I think um, I think there's like different kinds of of evil in the world. Like so, there's people are evil, and they can be evil, and they can cause evil. And God immensely respects our autonomy and choices, mm. so He will let us hurt each other because He gave us freedom and He gave us responsibility to steward the earth. But He's not going to force our hands to be good. We have to choose and want that for ourselves. And choose freedom and gives us that choice. Yeah, freedom gives us that choice, and that's what a, a loving God won't force you to love Him. He wants a real relationship, and He wants us to have real relationships with each other, and He wants us to choose good. And so I think, and choose him, and him to then, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to make us better, you know, like we have to want that, and choose that, and desire that, and then accept what he's offering, and he'll draw us to him, you know, so I think, and then you have natural evil, and that's like, the world is beautiful because it's so amazingly diverse with all the wonder that God's put in it, he doesn't make every flower the same, but along with that, and along with the potential for beauty also comes volcanoes you know <laughs> like where you have to blow out like all of the that pent-up energy that's beneath the earth's surface and it's gonna you're gonna have earthquakes you're gonna have volcanoes but the world kind of can't exist you know with the physics of it without that happening so sometimes there's just these events that occur that hurt us and as part of being part of this life right so I think these aren't like to say that God is evil or, you know, but his choice is to not create or to create, and he chose to create us and give us the opportunity. And um, I'm glad he gave us the opportunity, personally. So the freedom to follow him also gives us the freedom to reject him. Yep, and yeah. it comes with all of the other stuff of, like, God could have created a world that was, like, perfect, but then, actually, that's not really perfect because it doesn't have the capacity for love in it, you know? Absolutely. Give them, put your hands together. Well, well done, Mike. Well done. Thank you for that segue. <laughs> Satan is acting systematically in this world that we are living in today, and we need to be aware of that with our children, mums and dads. Don't take any of this stuff lightly or be complacent on it the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing so how are we tempted James 1 verse 14 says each person is tempted and we've talked a little bit about this each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed other versions use or say it like this, where you're drawn. Another version says carried away. Another version says when we're dragged away. Another version says. We're lured and enticed when we're drawn, carried and dragged away by our own desire. The King James Version doesn't use the word desire, it uses the word lust. And then it says, then desire when it has conceived. The seed of it. 17th century theologian Richard Sibb said, thoughts are the seeds of actions. Then desire when it has conceived. 
the Greek there is to, to class, to seize, to arrest, or to, to capture. When, it, when, it's, when it's conceived, when it captures you, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And the Greek brings forth there means breeds. It breeds death. The message puts it like this. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. Sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. You know, temptation always promises more than it produces. Jesus said this, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Can I say what it's really trying to say there? It's not that the... The flesh is so weak. It's actually saying the flesh is very, very strong. And it makes us weak. The lure, the pull, the enticement to be dragged away. Please understand today, it is very, very strong. That's why, and I'm not saying praying is important. Of course, we should, we should pray. Jesus said, lead us not into temptation. We, we should pray. But I, I want to say to you today, Sometimes we have to get a little bit more radical. Thomas Secker said, To pray against temptation and yet rush into occasion is to thrust your fingers into the fire and then pray that they might not get burnt. Proverbs 4, verses 14 through 15 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. You know, King David's temptation happened with Bathsheba when in 2 Samuel 11 verse 1, it says in spring when all kings were go off to war, David remained in Jerusalem. He, he's just like, man, I just need a rest. I just need a break. Charles Spurgeon said this, some temptations come to the industrious, but all temptations attack the idle. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Your mum used to say. Someone said, idleness tempts the devil to tempt. The devil does most when men do least. So Romans 13 verse 14 says, make no provision for the flesh. Don't go down that path. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. James 4 verse 7, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. That might mean, what does that mean? It might mean deleting apps, removing triggers, changing, changing habits. But sometimes it just means fleeing. Listen, you can resist things all you like, but this is where you got to get radical. Sometimes you just got to flee. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22 says, Flee also youthful lust. And can I say it's not just youth who have that problem. 2 Timothy 2 verse 22, flee, run, get away from it. 1 Corinthians 6 18, flee from sexual immorality, flee. 1 Timothy 6 verse 11, but you, O oh man, flee these things. And he gives a list of all these things. I've run out of time, but he gives a list of all 
these things that we should flee. We don't resist. We don't, like if you want to eat that, run. Run. Don't resist. Flee. Run. You can't just sort of hang there. You can't just sort of say, I'm going to resist. I'll just pray. I'll just, no. The Bible says flee. Get out of there. Spurgeon said, he cannot smell sweetly who sleeps in a bed of garlic. You can't stay there. You've got to run. As I close, temptations are everywhere, but so is the grace of God. When we do muck up, we don't run from him. We run to him. Adam and Eve, don't do what they did. They hid. They hid. They, They were in shame, for they were naked. But God covered their nakedness. God will cover your shame through the cross. He, that is the great way of escape. We talked about it. Listen, someone said this. A Christian should never let adversity get him down except on his knees. I want to say a Christian should never let temptation get him down except on his knees. Psalm 51 verse 17. I finish with this. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Run to him, not away from him. The cross is our way of escape, and we can burden him with what burdens us. Amen. Would you stand? That's it. That's it. I'm not going to talk about it now for a couple of years. Unless you start having problems, then we'll start talking talk about it but use what I've said listen to it over and over again if you heard what AJ said give your life to Christ just say Lord I need to follow you he come into church and allow God to build and strengthen you in faith but it's so simple to just say Jesus be my master be my Lord help me to follow you again as the service closes if you need prayer for anything the beautiful Chris and Kay over there who are seasoned ministers of God can pray with them for you for anything. So let me pronounce this blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, we survived that.